Welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day, a podcast for CrossFitters by CrossFitters. And in this episode, I have my man James McDermott back in the studio. This time we are talking about his intern program. If you own a box or you're a CrossFit coach or maybe just an aspiring CrossFit coach, you need to know how to get started, where to get started, and even why to get started. And in this episode, James is going to talk all about his phenomenal intern program. It's eight weeks long, super in-depth. He covers functional movements, the methodology, and he has coaches actually coach, and it's been to great success at Albany CrossFit. And I should know that because I founded the box there, and James went through my intern program. I get questions all the time on how to develop coaches. This is the episode for you, and I highly encourage you, if you enjoyed this episode, if you've learned a little bit from James, to reach out to him. His email is in the show notes, and you can listen in By the end of the episode, he tells you how to get in touch with them and what to do to make sure you're running a successful intern program. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, reach out to me. Hit me up on Instagram, the Jason Ackerman. We also have a new Instagram, best hour of their day. And of course, you can email, you can call, you can send up that bat signal, whatever it takes. But I want to hear from you guys. I'm doing this. Because I love the community. I want to help you grow. I want to help the community grow. So whatever I can do, let me know. And if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review. That helps tremendously. All right. I'm going to turn it over to my conversation with James, where we help you guys learn all about a successful intern program. All right. We're back. Best hour of their day. James McDermott is back. If you listened last week, James was on and we talked about how he is implementing CrossFit.com at the box. He's a coach at Albany CrossFit. I've got a lot of great feedback on that. People really were impressed by how hard you work on the programming, James. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me on again. I'm glad people like the podcast. Yeah, I think people were surprised, but also impressed with just how much you care. You know, and if you're listening to this podcast, you understand, you know, we can some sum up most episodes of this podcast with care and you certainly care about the athletes at Albany CrossFit. De- definitely. And that, that's what it all comes down to. It's how, how much do you care about the people you're working with? I've listened to the other two podcasts that you put out and that's, it's what comes out as a parent is that Austin cares, you know, about everything that he's doing and you care and I care. And if you don't care, people will know people can tell. Exactly. People can pick up on that real quick, that authenticity factor. And part of this, part of your care, and this is the topic of today's episode, is how hard you work on the intern program at Albany CrossFit. So a lot of people are listening, and whether you're a box owner or a coach, maybe you have some sort of internship program at your box. That might look something like, hey, you just shadow. It might look like You dive right into coaching, but I want people that are listening to this podcast, be it a box owner, they can take from this what that intern program looks like, or as a coach, things they should look for in how to develop. Because many people I see week in and week out, they leave their level one and it's cool. I want to be a coach. I'm all in. Now what? So we're going to dive into that. So today's episode, all about an intern program. Do you call it anything special at Albany CrossFit? Is there a name for it? Uh, 
No, it's just Albany CrossFit internship. <laughs> Albany CrossFit internship. I like it. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. And you know, what, what's cool again, if you're listening, go back and listen to the first episode. Cause James and I speak a lot more about our relationship, but James came to me when I owned the box and, and he interned and looked a lot different at the time, but, but we did do some fun things and we ran some programs. One thing we did was, I forget what we, I think we called it Albany's next top intern, like kind of a spoof on a reality show. Yeah, it, it was like, it was like a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we had to do various projects, you know, like building equipment or something that benefited the gym. Uh, we had to film videos coaching uh, that we got feedback on. We had to also film a video just right off the bat on why we wanted to be a coach and answer some tough questions, you know, like uh, how are you an asset to the coaching staff? What can you do to improve our community? Things like that. So you and I are very different. You are far more analytical. You are far more detail oriented. How is your intern program different now? What is, if, if you had to give me the broad brush overview, what is it? Uh, well, for our intern program, it's, uh, it's an eight-week course, and it's a volunteer course that anyone at our gym can take. Uh, you know that we've found the best coaches come from within, so we're not trying to really necessarily find coaches that are outside from our community. We instead develop athletes into our coaches. So someone who graduated from on-ramp three years ago finally gets to the point where we're like, you know what? I want to be more involved. I want to help others the way that I've been helped. And I would like to coach. So this would be the first step for them is going through this eight-week course. Do they have to have their level one prior to that? No, uh, not to do this course. Although the cool thing is, is that this course is geared towards prepping them should they go to the level one where they'll be a little more prepared, a little more knowledgeable than maybe the average person who just signed up and have a better shot at passing that test at the end of the level one, which is no joke. That's a very tough test. And, you know, and I used to tell not just my interns, but even just people that were taking class that would take their level one, you know, and I encourage anyone listening, whether you're first day at CrossFit or three years in, go take your level one. I think the people that take it earlier on really benefit in everything they do. But I would tell them my goal is you show up at your level one and it's a refresher. I've done a good enough job as a coach that I've taught you all this now it's a refresher for you. There's nothing new and you're going to be suitable, ready for that test. So they don't have to have their level one. And you said it's primarily for within. Have you had people from other boxes take this course? No, um, never had any people from other boxes do the course. Uh, just our own members. And uh, it's, a, it's a very cool thing with, with the way that we run our classes. You know, if you listen to it from uh, the, the other podcast, uh, our, our members... I, I feel that there are, are a lot of members that who aren't even taking the course that if for some reason something happened and no coach could teach a class, like there's some kind of catastrophe, everyone's busy, you know, who knows, uh, just something happens, no one shows up. We have many, many members that could just step in front and be like, you know what, guys, All right, I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, here's what the workout is. Uh, here's how we should scale. Here's what the, what the WOD means and what we should be trying to get out of it. I'm so confident in the vast majority of our members to be able to do that if, for some reason, they absolutely had to. Great. Zombie apocalypse comes through Albany. 
uh, you know, Susie can run the 430 class. That's right. I'm in the parking lot with Machete, and I'm like, Susie, <laughs> get him going. Let's <laughs> be you know? real. You would be, you would be a zombie very quickly. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. No way. Oh, that's a whole other podcast on the zombie apocalypse. So going out like that. <laughs> this is an eight week course. And does it run on, you know, consecutive weeks, eight straight weeks? Yep. Uh, eight, eight straight weeks. Although I gave them uh, Easter off, of course, uh, but it's eight weeks. And each week we have a different theme on what we're covering. Week one, we covered uh, the squat series, air squat, front squat, and overhead squat. And the format of a class would be as follows. The interns come in and we spend the first 15, 20 minutes cleaning the gym, organizing the equipment, uh, putting in the time to show that we care about the place. And that's really important part for me in particular, because I want coaches coming on staff who care that if they see a barbell left out or they see garbage on the floor, that they will care enough to stop and pick it up. And I think that when you spend time working behind the scenes in the gym, you have more of a greater appreciation for what the gym actually does. And you will be a more involved member of the staff. If we have an event, you're going to show up. Uh, you're going to put in the extra work and go to the extra mile to make that experience the best possible for every athlete. So that's the first part of class, just 15, 20 minutes. Then after that, we do a lecture. And the lecture will be on a topic of something involving CrossFit methodology. You know, maybe we'll break down what is CrossFit or talk about the different components of fitness or something else in that regard. And after that, they, you know, they take their notes on leading a PowerPoint presentation on all that, that information. We will then uh, do some practice coaching. So they will watch me or be involved as I coach them on how to teach the air squat. I'll teach the group and then I'll speak on some of the finer details in between on what I'm doing and why I'm doing and how they might react in a certain situation. And I'll do the same thing for the front squat and the overhead squat. And after class, their homework is to teach individuals throughout the week. So for week one, if you were in my course, you had to teach three different people each of those exercises. You had to find one person to teach the air squat to, one person to teach the front squat to, and then another person to teach the overhead squat. And not only am I trying to give them practice on teaching those movements on an individual basis, they're also building rapport with members at our gym, right? They're, they're saying, hey, my name is Nate. Uh, I'm looking to be a coach here at the gym. We've worked out together in classes. Do you mind if I help you work on your air squat and, I, and if I practice teaching you? And members will appreciate that. That's adding extra value to the gym already. And what Nate is doing in that situation is building rapport with a new athlete, someone who he will someday be coaching. And every week we do that with a different set of exercises. So week two was the press series. Week three was the deadlift. And with the deadlift, we only did the deadlift just because I wanted to spend more time with that exercise, such an important exercise. And when they go to teach people, it has to be a new person every time. So Jay, if you're in the intern program, you can't just teach Roz every single movement. You have to go out and find new people to build rapport with. Right. So correct me if I'm wrong, but and I want to dive into everything you just said, but you're talking, you know, the average intern is going to interact with nearly 24 people over eight weeks. If, yes. they're, if they're interacting with a different athlete every, every week. Yep. 
They're going to get in front of a lot of people. And they're also going to see a lot of different things in movement. They're going to come back with questions. Uh, they're required to film those interactions and post it in a private Facebook group that we have so that I can watch it and give them feedback. And I'm watching to see, you know, I, of course, I know there are going to be a lot of things that they need to work on. But uh, also in filming, filming is uncomfortable. You know, I know when I first started coaching and doing these kind of intern things or when you would have me film mobility videos, I was not comfortable being on camera. Um, but what that did was that gave me more confidence to be in front of more people because you film one video and you know X amount of people are going to see it. Well, now when you're in front of a class, I think that helps a little bit with confidence, or at least it did with me. Yeah, it's funny. I, I look at some of our old videos on Albany CrossFit often. I show some new athletes. I was in, yours often pop up right away when I search Albany CrossFit on YouTube. And it's funny to see your progression as a coach. Yeah. So You can tell I'm wicked uncomfortable because I, I was in college as a very introverted person yeah, uh, in, a, in a group setting, maybe not one-on-one, but I was sitting at the back of the class. You know, I wasn't raising my hand for anything, you know, and when we had to do presentations, that was the worst thing in the world. Well, you were now prepared I'm, to fight the zombies. You were getting prepared. Yeah, that's right. I was taking notes. <laughs> let me, let me, um, I want to dive into that before I do. Can you quickly, if you have it, you gave us the first three weeks. Can you give us the next five, just quickly through those four, four through eight? Yes. So, uh, the, so the week three was the deadlift. Right. And on the deadlift, they, they actually had to teach three things, which was the hinge. So how to hinge. Uh, I've, I've, we have a progression for that. Then they had to teach the deadlift from the top down with a PVC pipe, like at the level one. Mm-hmm. And then they had to teach the deadlift from the bottom up, from the floor, which is the old classic five-step method, you know, uh, stance, grip, knees, et cetera. You couldn't, you couldn't remember the last two? You had well, to stop I, there. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to list up uh, stance. Stance, grip, knees, chest, pull. Yeah, I, I, I was worried because I taught you that. So I was wondering yeah, yeah. Coach Rip's old progression. Um, yeah, that, that's the rip toe method right there. So, um, so like they I had said, to teach those. That's week what's, three. And what's four, five, six, seven, and eight? Uh, week so people four, listening. Yep. Yep. Week four will be the med ball clean and the sumo de la pie pull. Cool. Week five is the snatch gets its own day. Yep. Week six, we're moving on to the, um, the, the, the split jerk and some miscellaneous exercises that do pop up in our classes, such as uh, a lot of gymnastics things, handstands, um, uh, muscle-ups, things like that. Then uh, week seven is a little bit different. Uh, it's actually the whiteboard. Uh, so we're going through all the movements. We're going through structures of classes. Week seven, we will do the whiteboard. And they'll have to, uh, I'm still kind of working on it, either do it in class or just teach like practice runs on the whiteboard, like well, right Fran on the board. And then, you know, uh, uh, do this briefing in about three minutes on if, all the things you need to talk about. If only there was a great podcast on the whiteboard brief. I know. Funny. I mentioned direct that, right? them to, right? So yeah. there you go. In the archives, yeah. the whiteboard brief. You, you did not slip me a 20. the new quote week seven Uh, no but that that is week seven and then um involved with that is uh, a discussion too on scaling so we haven't even talked about the different lecture topics but uh that's uh uh, scaling is involved in there and the final week 
or the final kind of presentation. It's not really something they would need to do on their own, but I do plan on getting a large group of athletes together. And essentially week eight is you teach mini classes. I, I'm going to try to get like 15 Albany CrossFit members at the gym to come in and you have a little workout to take them through or a section and you teach all these people right now. So I, I literally throw you to the wolves and hopefully you're prepared by now to teach a bigger, a bigger group. And what week are you currently on in this, in this program? Uh, we are on, we are on week four. All right, cool. So you're next Sunday, you gave them off Easter next Sunday. Yeah. They go to the med ball clean sumo Della Taipo. Yes. Okay. So that's great. I just wanted people listening to kind of have an idea of if they wanted to do it themselves and hopefully you have something that we can share with the listeners if they want. I don't know if you have it out there or you um, can create I, I it. Have, I, I have, I have an, an unfinished um, presentation that isn't really ready to be sent out. Okay. But when it is, we'll have you, we'll have you out there. You can promote it, you know, cause this is something you've clearly worked very hard on, but I'd love for people out there to be able to take this back to their box. So yep. let's dive into it. And I don't need to get into the, nuances of each week it's kind of self-explanatory you're squatting you're pressing that's what you're teaching but let, let's kind of go through you broke it down you said okay squat series regardless yeah. of what series we're spending 20 minutes and all we're going to do is clean this gym yes so and and i love it because you know there's a really good sound bite in there and i'll probably cut it so people can listen but it's like you gotta care and and I agree. A mistake I've made in the past is a handful of people I would bring from the outside. And it was not the same as the people that would come up, you know, from joining on day one to, you know, going through classes and becoming a valuable member of our community, you know, and, and proving that you care. So people may be like, well, it's an intern program. Why do I have to clean? If you're not willing to clean, I don't care how well you coach the squat. I don't want you as a coach here. Yeah. And so that, that's really awesome to see that you're just building that community. And, and here's something I would tell you, it's like, look, this is very clear to me. You're spending a lot of time and energy on it. So if you're not willing to, you know, wipe off a couple medicine balls with me and knowing you, I assume you're in there with them doing it. You're not like sitting on a chair, eating a sandwich while they're, you know, mopping the floor. You're, you're in there getting dirty with them. So that that's yep. really cool to see that you implement that. Now, it's uh it's like on on my first day at, at the gym it was explained to me back when when you owned it. Uh this was Kevin who told us to me. He said if I if I can't trust you to take out the garbage, to mop the floor and to have attention to detail, I can't trust you to lead a class or to help an athlete with the same level of attention to detail and care. So what you're, you're, what I'm looking for is, 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 are you going to work hard? Are you going to maybe come up with solutions? Hey, these wall balls could probably be uh, organized better. Okay, let's do it. Let's try it. You know, are, are you, or are you just going to kind of just go through the motions and be disgruntled and not care? And you're going to probably put that same level of effort into coaching athletes. How you do one thing is how you do anything, right? Exactly. And, I think, yep. and you know, and coaching is a privilege and, Everybody wants to coach for an hour. I get a free membership. Maybe I even get paid. And I'm the, you know, looked up upon by these members. It's a prestigious opportunity. Cool. Exactly. But and you to, have to, to earn to that. Talk right. on that. 
we have had many people over the years who were not members approach us about coaching. You know, I get resumes all the time on someone who just graduated from college, just like I did back in the day, or they teach and they personal train at some other gym or they're moving to the area and they have their level one. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, part of our process is we would like you to be a member of the gym for a little while, get to know our community, let people get to know you, you know, obviously. So we're not going to bring you right on. And with any of those people, I would do the exact same thing. Okay. Uh, here's how you take out the garbage. Here's how you close the building down. Here's how you do this uh, and see if we can, if we can trust you. So I, we've had many, many people come in and none of those people who were not initially from our community wanted to, to take the time or go through those steps to be a member of the staff. They, uh, I had the impression right off the bat, okay, you just want a free membership. You want a free membership. You want to just stand in front of the room and tell people what to do and get whatever accolades, if there are any that come with coaching and that's it. And also do your focus on your own training, but that doesn't tell me that you are going to be all involved and, and passionate about our community. Yeah, I mean, when it comes thing, to coaching, it's not about you; it's about them. I love that, and and I think one thing you do really well with this intern program is the fact that they do have to coach so many people throughout it builds that rapport, and it's not the same as showing up and just being in front of people because your members need to know and trust your coaches, and you know, there's no better way to do that than being in the trenches with them through those hard workouts, sweating, and then ultimately high-fiving and being a part of the community with them. Have you, so with, with that being said, is there a level in which someone can approach you? I moved to the area, you know, is there a level, whether it's a level one to a level four, where you say, welcome, you're a coach or someone with a level four shows up, they still have to become a member for a given time. Yep. I would say so. Um, I, I'm, I think, I think it doesn't matter. I think you could still have, you could have your level one or excuse me, your level four and still not care. You know, you've just gotten yourself to that, that level. I, I think you need to prove yourself to the gym and you need to earn the trust regardless of your, your level. Uh, I, I would say uh, Rich Froning, Dave Castro, Greg Glassman could show up to the gym. I want to coach. Maybe I'd let uh, Craig coach. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was gonna, but, but, I was gonna but, say, where we go with this? Yeah, yeah. But but you you still need to go through the steps because at Albany CrossFit we have a standard, and I don't like to let standards slide like that. I, I would rather uphold it, and if that means losing you as as a potential coach, well, that's okay. Uh, I'd rather Steve from the three thirty class in a year when he's ready and he's loves Albany CrossFit and he has an Albany CrossFit tattoo on his back, you know, like I want that guy. I want that guy that lives and breathes Albany CrossFit and isn't just trying to roll in. Back in the day, I used to give out a free membership for life. If you got an Albany CrossFit tattoo and one person took me up on it. Remember Jay? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love it. I, you know, I, I love your stance and I love how the, the beauty of James is your, you don't waver on anything. And that might be, you know, from form to whether you let Coach Glassman coach at the box. So <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's what's great about you. So let, let's well, go you, you for have to have You have to have a standard, you know, for better or worse, I guess. 
So I agree. So you, you go through this, they clean, you give a lecture on methodology. Let's assume, you know, week one, are you basically doing your best to replicate the level one kind of lecture? So you're giving the, what is CrossFit lecture? You're talking about functional movements. We're talking about intensity. We're talking about constantly varied. Yes. Yeah. So the first lecture on week one, uh, we talked about, and I kind of defined what is CrossFit. And then I defined what is coaching. So for what is CrossFit, that's just like you said, constantly varied function movements, high intensity. And I kind of broke down each of those components. And I also talked about how those things tie into what we do at Albany CrossFit. Then I went into, since the, the class is about coaching, well, we have to probably define coaching or at least some, have some philosophy on what coaching is and some practices that define a good coach. So let me ask you, sometimes in, in your elevator pitch, because you, you sometimes can give me these long definitions, what's, how do you define coaching? How do I? All right. So you want me, you want the elevator pitch. <laughs> I don't want, yeah, because I know what to expect if I just throw it out there. So, so you, you don't want me to give the 45-minute lecture right now. Okay. <laughs> Let, so. I'll do me a favor. Record that when we're off the air, send it to yeah. me. But for right. now, give me the elevator pitch. The, 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 uh, the, the bullet points, what is coaching? And th- this is my, my definition. And I, I explained this to, to the interns. This is my definition and this is my philosophy, and it has taken close to 15 years to get to this definition. If day one at SUNY Cortland, they said, write down your coaching philosophy, I would not have been able to do this. It would have taken some time because I had no experience. So this is just where I am now, and it, it continues to evolve. I like how um, it's been two minutes, and we've not even started the definition. Exactly. exactly yeah. <laughs> so right. what, what is coaching? Uh, so coaching, I think by definition is about helping and guiding other people while fostering positive relationships. There we go. Fostering positive relationships. So repeat that, repeat that again. Coaching is coaching is about helping and guiding other people while fostering positive relationships. And that's, you created that definition. Yes. I like that, it. That, I, I really... Off my head. And coaching cannot be effective without trust between the athlete and coach, without integrity within the learning, training, and sporting processes, and without safety placed at the forefront of all activities. That's impressive, James. I like it. And I think that's finally, really great. Finally. Well, there's more. Co- coaching requires an appreciation and respect for human, for, for, for movement and the human organism. All right. Here's what I want you to do. Yes. I do. I do like that. And I think it's worth you saying again, I don't want to interrupt you. Okay. Can you read that from the top? The full thing. The full thing. Okay. Coaching is about helping and guiding other people while fostering positive relationships. Coaching cannot be effective without trust between athlete and coach, without integrity within the learning, training, and sporting processes, and without safety placed at the forefront of all activities. Coaching requires an appreciation of and respect for movement and the human organism. 
I love it. I think you did a phenomenal job there. And I hope the reason I had to repeat it is not just because I want to snag that so people can listen to it on repeat, but also because it was worth listening to a second time. That's a awesome definition. And I think what's cool about that is it's not limited to fitness, right? It's safety, but safety yeah. can be whether you're squatting, but safety can be many, many reasons, many things. It can be just mindset, right? You could be teaching something on an educational level and you'd be like, there's no way to make this unsafe. Well, it is because if you tell someone they're failing over and over again, all of a sudden they're unhappy and they can go to a dark place. So whether yeah. it's preventing loss of a neutral spine or keeping a positive mindset, that's a great definition of a coach. Yeah. So that, that would be the general outline of my coaching philosophy. And then of course I have a breakdown of qualities that I think a good coach should have. If you want do me to I, go into that. Do I dare ask? I want to say, I do want, I do want you to go into that, but before I go into that, I do like to drop some nuggets along the way. And before I have you talk a little more about okay. that, I think one nugget you dropped earlier is filming yourself coaching because yes. people often ask me like, how do I develop? And it's one, you got to film yourself. You have to make yourself uncomfortable. You have to be able to go back and analyze it. And you also have to get other eyes on it. And if I'm coaching someone one-on-one -on -one and you're watching, it's a very different experience than if I just kind of set up a camera, forget it's over there and go about coaching. And, you know, whether you send it to me or you send it to James, you know, we'd love to see that so you can develop as a coach. And, you know, back when I used to run the intern program, I'll give you a great example. I don't know if he's still at the box and I hope he's not listening. His name is Peter Gannon. Is he still at the box? Uh, yeah, he's still at the gym. He's cool. uh, not coaching currently, but he's just an athlete. So, you know, and he went through the program. I think he coached a little, but he was doing it more to learn. And, and he would do similar to what you were doing and I would have him film himself. So he's filming himself coaching the air squat to someone. He sends it to me. Every other word he said was, right, 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 like that. You're going to do this, right? You're going to do that, right? Now, mind you, Peter Gannon is a pretty successful business person. I don't know exactly what he does, but he, he looks like he's relatively smart and successful. He's definitely smart. And I was like, Peter, I, come I over. I believe he's the vice president or the president of the United Way right now. Yeah, so he's a smart dude is what we're saying. And yeah. So I said, hey, Peter, he sends me the video. I watch it. And he did a pretty good job. He's personable. He was actually helping people. And I said, hey, I just want to show you something. You could be even more effective if you eliminated this word. You know, when you say right or you say okay, you're basically removing your authority. You're asking someone, did I do that right? Is that okay? So I said, watch this video and let's count how many times you said right. We No joke. We watched this video. He said, I didn't hear myself say it once. I said, are you serious? I said, you're messing with me, right? <laughs> he said, no. I said, let's watch it again. And I'm going to, you know, know every time you do it. He had no idea and he didn't even see it when he watched it. So it was really eye-opening to both of us. Like, this is how important it is for you to film yourself. Yeah. And I think, I think what we're essentially saying is you have to evaluate your own performance in coaching. After every class, I ask myself, what could I have done better? And then I try to adapt and do it better in the next class. Even, even on, on the podcast, I hope I'm doing a better job this time. But I listened to last week's podcast again, 
And immediately what I noticed is that I said, um, a lot, or I like, as I was trying to gather my thoughts and I'm like, I never say, um, and I'm just not used to doing podcasts. So my goal today in this podcast is to not trip over my words that much. And also to not say, um, so frequently. And, and look, you, have you to, are doing a better job because I, I have to evaluate. Yeah. I think that's for anything you're doing in life, right? We're kind of a little off topic, but as a coach, you know, if you're not, if you just show up, coach a class and don't think about what went right and what went wrong, you're not going to develop. It's something I do. You know, I, I often coach the three 30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays here at my box in town. And when I'm done, I think about my class. I think about what went well. I'll, I'll shoot out a text to the rest of the coaches where there's three more classes that night. Like, Hey, maybe try this, maybe try that. But if you're not working on improving and you're not thinking about, if you just, you know, get to that point in life where you're complacent and you're not going to develop. And I think, you know, and going back to your definition, based on your definition, you can never be complacent and be a coach. Yeah. How's that? Add that to your definition, Jay. <laughs> oh, I'll add an asterisk <laughs> at, 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 the, at the bottom of the thesis. Uh, I, I like that. I do. I do want to hear more about it, but I want to kind of stick back. And, to and you know, it's kind of cool. I I know you're dabbling into uh, some uh, stand-up comedy pursuits. Uh, yes. I love stand-up comedy, and I go to shows frequently. And one thing that I noticed is that everyone, when they go up on the stage, doesn't matter how. Like I saw Pauly Shore, and even he did it. They bring out their phone and they record their set so they can listen to it again. And Joe Rogan talks about all the time on his podcast, how he listens back and he listens for the laughs. He listens for his, his inflection, his punchlines, what went over well, what didn't, and then he adapts it. So everyone does that, you know, even professional sports teams watch their games over again. Yeah. Not everyone does it. The best do it is what you should. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I just, Funny enough, on my flight home last night, I was listening to that episode of, of Rogan where he's talking about how as soon as he gets in the car, he hooks it up, he listens to it, he thinks about where he can move words. How And this is a dude that's one of the su- most successful comedians in the world. So if you're listening to this, you're probably not one of the most successful coaches in the world. You yeah. need to be doing this. So um, just a piece, uh, something that people, a resource that people could go out and purchase. I haven't done it yet myself. I have a long list of books I want to read, but this will apply to stand-up comedy, but also I think anyone who has to speak publicly. On Joe Rogan's podcast, he mentioned two books that he thinks people should read who are doing these types of things. And the first one would be Enter Talking by uh, Joan Rivers. And the other one is Ladies and Gentlemen by Lenny Bruce. Both legendary comedians who obviously have a lot of uh, experience standing in front of a crowd and working that crowd. Cool. I wrote those down. I'll add them to the notes and they're going to be on my to read list because yeah, I trust your opinion and, and yeah, I, anything that has to do with that, I think will develop because honestly, you know, coaching, we're going to continue to dive into this, but you know, you have to be comfortable and confident talking in front of others. If you're not, it's apparent right away and it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have, if you can't express that, you know, we talk about at the level two seminar, the six criteria, teach, see, and correct presence and attitude, group management, demonstration, teaching. It's all about, you know, taking your internal knowledge and bringing it externally. And if you can't do that well, for whatever reason, 
you're not going to be an effective coach. Let's, let's, let's those go back. things that you just mentioned are big components of our intern class. We, uh, week one in the lecture, I go over those very specific components and they're being graded on it. They're, we're discussing it constantly. How many people are currently in your intern program? Uh, I have five. Five. I mean, I don't think there's, there's a right or wrong number. I think if you have more than that, you're probably allowing, you know, while it's open to anyone, we want to have that five group, you know, the group of five that's really dedicated. If you have too many, it might come off like it's too easy to do. And I think good yep. coaching I, should look attainable, but it should also look challenging. I, I, I capped it at eight people. And I had about eight people contact me. And uh, before the first meeting, you know, when I laid out what we're going to be doing and the goals and all the work and whatnot, some people just didn't have the time or for one reason or another decided it wasn't for them. Uh, And I expected that. I expected people to kind of drop off over time. And there were others in the course who once we got rolling and they actually had to teach and do some of these other things, they're like, wow this is way harder than I thought it was. I I'm just, I, when I'm taking class, I thought this was way, e- this would be way easier <laughs> to do. And I think anyone thinks that, you know, like, especially like with, uh, since we're on the topic a little bit, stand up comedy, anyone thinks they can go and stand on stage. Everyone thinks they're funny on stage and the lights are on you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've done, I've not been on stage yet, but I was at a workshop and, there are definitely people that are not funny. I can tell you that. And not only yeah. not funny, it's like sad. I would say it's the opposite of funny. They're sad. Um, so you have five now. Did you, so three people have dropped out? Yep, uh, three people. And then some uh, – so actually I might, might have had more than eight, and then some just dropped off before we even started once gotcha. they asked more questions and got going. And that's so cool. I have a I solid think, group of five. Yeah, and, and I think that's great. And I think a good coach like you – does make it look easy. I think that's great. I want, you know, it's virtuosity, right? Doing the common uncommonly well. I want you to think this is easy because then it just shows that I'm doing my job well. So I think that that's okay that you, that you have that. So of these five, how many do you expect to actually become a coach at Albany CrossFit? Um, right, right now, honestly, I would And say I know they're maybe listening, so I don't want to throw them off. You don't have to use names. Well, no, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, and I'll be honest. I, I would say there are, there are two to three that I'm very, very confident in and would have no problem putting them in front of a small class if I'm in the room. And there are, is another that I would maybe uh, want to work on some things a little bit more. And then there is another who needs more time doing CrossFit, period. Uh, just because they're newer to CrossFit. So they need to learn themselves how to do CrossFit and get more CrossFit experience. And that, that in turn will help them be a better coach. So a couple follow-ups. I assume if you finish this and you do want to coach, at the end, you still have to attain your level one certificate. So you have to go to the weekend, pass the yeah. test before coaching. But assuming we that are hosting hap- one, We are hosting yep. one Memorial Day weekend. So you've made it very easy for these people. Yeah. Then go do that. Perfect timing, right? Well, that, that'll probably coincide right around the eighth week. So they're going to be very set for success at this level one. Now, assuming they make it through the eight and they pass their test, are they guaranteed a spot coaching? 
they're not guaranteed a spot to, for lack of a better term, own a class or like all of a sudden you're on the schedule, uh, they would still need to go through and assist and start to get more time, you know, with the general population in classes day to day under coach Lewis or Murph or myself or Pat, you know, uh, they would just need more time in the field, so to say. So tell me what that looks like. You know, we've, we've kind of dissected what your intern program looks like, you know, without looking at each week individually, we get an idea of the format and how intensive it is, but someone successfully completes all eight weeks and then they, they pass their level one. What does it look like from that graduation standpoint to, Hey, I now coach the five thirty class on Wednesdays. Well, the, the next step, would be if, if maybe that is a goal of theirs, the 5.30 class on Wednesdays, then you need to start assisting the 5.30 class on Wednesdays specifically and get to know those people and continue to learn under Murph. And as you're assisting in that class, I would contact you in advance on what the workouts would be. And I would give you advice on, hey, these are some ways that, that you can be helpful in class. And of course, they'll get guidance from Murph. They'll say, hey, make sure these people over here have their equipment or scaling right, or this is where you're going to set up the demo. But I would just give them kind of an outline of some things they should be doing. And Murph would be included on that conversation. So he knows kind of what their assignment is and he can add to it or take away from it as he feels fit because I trust him to do that. And I want to give a, let me give a knowledge bomb real quick here because, you know, someone's listening and, and maybe they're just a coach or maybe they just passed their level one because I used to have this issue. It's like, all right, now you're an assistant. And they would be like, man, I'm not moving up. And I would always say whether it was my class or, yeah, you're assisting under Murph. Well, what are you doing to show that you can handle that? Right? So you're, you're a new coach. Cool. You're, you're on this email thread. I want more. I want you to say, can I run the warm-up? And here's how I would do it. Can I run the whiteboard brief? Can I run the cool down? You know? We know that at Albany CrossFit, we do dot-com programming. You've expressed and explained how detail-oriented you are. Well, can I run the kipping pull-up progression? Like, point is, be proactive. You know, yeah. and it's not just take like, initiative. Can I, take initiative. Not just, can I run this? But here's how I plan to run it if you allow me to. Yeah, and sh- show that you can bring that value to class. And that, that's whether, whether uh, like, what that would be amazing if someone was doing that, so my intern's listening right now, take note, um, that, that, that's a great quality for someone to have. And if, if not, then I would also, over time, say, I want you to do the briefing at the, at the whiteboard for this class tomorrow, or I want you to lead a warm-up. What do you plan on doing for your warm-up? Or here's the mobility. So I'll also give those assignments throughout their course of, of shadowing. Uh, but I also want to see them take that initiative. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, I'll be honest. There are times when I would coach and you know, you know, at, at points in time, we had 20 coaches on staff at Albany CrossFit, many of them, you know, in that assistant role. And I'd be just into class and forget I had an assistant, you know, and yeah. it wasn't malicious. It wasn't, I could use their help, but at the same time I just would forget. So I need you, this is not my responsibility. This is your responsibility. Yeah, I would say if you are interning or assisting in a class, make it painfully obvious that you are more useful than the foam rollers hanging from the wall 
um, exactly. and not just standing there watching, you know. And, he, and here's, here's my biggest piece of advice for both roles as a coach and as an assistant in classes, the 80-20 rule. You know, it, it applies to many aspects in life, but it definitely holds true in a CrossFit class. 20% of the people in your class are going to be 80% of your effort. You know, we're, we all know those people in class that need that TLC, need to be told exactly how to scale, need to be reminded what a thruster is, even though they've done it a dozen times. As an assistant, if you can help with those people, you make my job significantly easier and I can be even more effective. So not just from that position, but even as a coach, I need to be like, hey, there's, you know, Anne, Marie, and Donna, not to be using specific names from Albany CrossFit, but there's Anne, Marie, and Donna. I want you to go help. Yeah. I want you to go help those three people during class and that's it. We, that's your primary focus. If you do that well, you're going to make this a better class. So something for aspiring coaches, but also current coaches to think about that 80, 20 rule in class. All right, let's start to put a bow on this. Your intern program is phenomenal. Let me ask you this. How long does every week of class take for you to prepare? For me to prepare, yeah. Um, ah, there's that word. Couple hours, C- couple hours, two to three hours, I would say. I don't think that's true. I think it's significantly more, but that's fine. You're putting together a PowerPoint presentation. You're watching footage. You're yeah, probably, probably yeah, you're interacting probably. with also, them. We have we have quizzes too, so I, I make I make them quizzes based off of the last lecture, and I'm trying to gear them towards what they might experience on the level one test. And then we take those quizzes. So that, yeah, probably maybe four to five hours. And, and then. you're also not including your time there every Sunday. Yeah. And we're, our meetings, our meetings were planned to be about two hours, but we typically go about three hours. Cause there's, there's just a lot to do. You know, uh, there's a, a, when you get discussing things, when you get practicing. Uh, so back to the, maybe the format of, of the class, after that initial week where we did the air squats or all the squats, we came back week two, we did the cleaning, we did a, a, a teach back where now they teach the group how to do the air squat or the overhead squat or front squat. So they're now going from teaching individuals to teaching a small group of other interns. And then I give them feedback, kind of like the way we used to do when, when you were at the gym. Yep. And then after that, we do a lecture. And then after that, we do, I teach them the next series of movements. And starting week three, we inserted the quizzes. So now we started to have quizzes because I had to get a little bit of content out there before we could start doing quizzes. So it's, it's quite a loaded course. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be able to share this with people. I'm sure people that are listening will want to find out how they can run this at, at their box. And, you know, the last thing that I have written that I wanted to discuss with you is this is also a great way for you to prepare for your level three test that you're taking soon. Yes. Yep. I've been studying for the level three for maybe about six months now. And what's awesome is that not only do I get to review a lot of this material, maybe more frequently than I would normally, but also I have to be able to teach it to someone else who doesn't know it at all. Uh, which, and that, that I think will have me be prepared even more so when I go to sit down on the exam and I'm asked a question on CrossFit methodology or something else. And if I'm able to teach it, I think I'll know it way better. 
Yeah. I mean, and people ask me all the time, how should I prepare for my level three? And I'm like, study everything. And that's exactly what you're doing. So this is mutually beneficial. You're developing these five people to become good coaches, but at the same time, you're becoming a better coach. And I, I mean, I have no doubt you're going to pass your level three, um, you know, when, when you do sign up for it. And if you're listening, it's no joke. I spent all four and a half hours in that classroom at the computer taking it. It's a, it's a tough test and you need to go and prepare it. I know some very good coaches that did not pass that test. So I'm sure this is helping you prepare. So yeah. for, for coaches, affiliate owners listening, is there anything else you would add to this? So, you know, they're developing their intern program, whether they follow that eight-week structure you do, whether they include you know, that cleaning aspect, uh, teachbacks, anything, anything you would add to that so they can develop their own or just run a successful one? I would say think, think about first what is beneficial for your gym and what your gym needs and then seek out those people and offer up opportunities. Then if you're trying to develop your own course, the, the information's out there. It's, it's right in your level one manual. It's just how you use it. Uh, keep it simple. Uh, you used to say that to us all the time. Keep it simple, stupid. Hurt my feelings every time, but <laughs> I, I think, I think that, that would be the way to do it. Just keep it simple and keep it in line with what your gym needs. And then look for individuals who care. I, I love it, James. Um, once again, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at James A. McDermott. You can also email me at james.amcd at yahoo.com. Or you can stop by Albany CrossFit, pay a visit, maybe drop in for a class, say hello. Uh, we are, are doing that level one Memorial Day weekend. And if you come for the level one, maybe you stay and do Memorial Day Murph the day after. We're expecting a huge turnout for Murph. Make sure you follow at Albany CrossFit on Instagram. And uh, that's it. Yeah, if you follow your Instagram, you you post a lot about this intern program. So I highly recommend that on both your Instagram and the Albany CrossFit Instagram. And you can see a lot of what's going on. And you can see, you know, I'm sure you'll have plenty of footage on that, the level one and Murph. It's great to see that tradition continued. And your email is in there. I'll make sure it's in the show notes. So if people do have questions specifically about this, reach out to James. He's obviously a wealth of knowledge. And here's what I recommend, James, put this together, yep. sell it for $9.99, not $9, $999. I think it's that <laughs> valuable. I really do think it's that valuable. You will, you know, I don't think James is going to sell it for a thousand dollars, but I do think running a program like this is going to benefit your box tremendously. So it's, it's really cool to see you have that. And if, you know, one thing James did not plug is, his books, you know, obviously the On Your Eating book. He's also wrote The Dark Orchestra with John North. Two new yep. books coming out in the near future with Glenn Penley and Charlie Zamora, formerly of yep. Caffeine and Kilo. So, James, yes, it's been great to have you. Out. And I would say, too, if, um, if anyone is interested out there, if you want to contact me and if you just want to have me out to your gym for a weekend or a day, kind of take a look at the inner workings back end of what you're doing at your gym. Uh, maybe I can offer some assistance there too. Cool. Best way to do that is that email? Yep. Best way to do that would be the email. All right. I'll definitely make sure that's in the notes. Once again, thanks for being on. I'm sure we'll be on again, diving into other informative topics for box owners, but it's been a pleasure and I'm glad to see you doing so well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, Jay. <laughs>